Welcome y'all to the Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. Mosey on up to the bar and get yourself a bottle of fire water or a glass of sarsaparilla and listen to some good old yarns about adventures of law dogs, outlaws, and weird creatures. So set a spell, water your ride or your rider, and get ready to tune up your posses. This is the Black Hoof Saloon. Howdy, howdy, buckaroos, and welcome to the saloon. This is a podcast where a bunch of us are going to talk about the miniatures game, Wild West Exodus, which is basically, it's a weird western sci-fi steampunky game. I am Eric, and with me I have Brian. Say hello, Brian. Howdy, this is Brian Jedi Powell, uh, coming from Houston. Welcome to the Black Horse Saloon. And we also have Tom. Go ahead and say hello, Tom. Hey, this is Tom outside of Philadelphia. Welcome to the saloon. All right. So in the saloon, we always have some sarsaparilla on tap, and we like to yammer on about stories of our games and whatnot. So what I want to start off with is the purpose of the show, and the show is just basically we're going to talk about the miniature game that we all love. I mean, whether it's going to be a battle report or we want to talk about different topics of like you know like today's topic we're going to kind of introduce you to getting started into the game of wild west exodus or it could be maybe a topic about a specific rule that's kind of hot on the forums or you know on the blog post and we also we're thinking about doing like hobby type talk maybe have like a a rotating chair where we have a guest in or something that's, you know, kind of proficient in the, you know, painting or building scenery or something like that. So one of the other things we wanted to open the show with is kind of how we all got into the game and what our go-to faction is. Why don't we start with uh, how we kind of discovered the game. So the game was originally uh, being published by... Their, their first owners, which was Outlaw Miniatures. And I know all three of us started when it was owned by a previous owner before War Cradle got uh, a hold of it and kind of ran with it. So I'm, I was, out of the three of us, I was the late guy to the party because I got into it during their second Kickstarter. You guys both got into it early on. So why don't you... Brian, do you want to start off with talking about how you kind of discovered Wild West Exodus? Sure. So uh, I was, I have been painting uh, miniatures, but never really played any war games. So part of the hobbying I was doing, I was watching some videos from Geek and Sundry. And at the time, they did a On the Table from Beast of War. So I'm watching that video, and they're like, oh, here's some games coming uh, right now at Kickstarter. I didn't even know what Kickstarter was at the time, but I saw these pictures of Jesse James with cybernetic arms. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Let me check out this Kickstarter for Wild West Exodus. So I did. I saw that it was kind of a neat bunch of miniatures and they were all really cool. And so in the back of my mind is those would be fun to paint. So I went ahead and put it up on my uh, favorite bar and kept an eye on it over the month long Kickstarter. About a week in or a week from the ending of the Kickstarter, I 
saw that they unlocked the lawmen as a mini faction. And frankly, seeing just uh, Wyatt Earp with a shield, I was like, oh, I have to have that model. And the robot deputies, I was like, okay, that's going to be really cool. I got to get those two. And seeing Doc Holliday with his tuberculosis mask, you know, I was just, I was energized from then. I, I picked up the phone and called my wife and said, okay, just don't get freaked out. I'm going to put a charge on the, <laughs> on the credit card that you're not going to make any sense of. You don't <laughs> want no alarms going me. off. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Right. <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell them it's a fraudulent charge because it's, it's real. It's real. <laughs> uh, so, and that just, that, it just kind of steamrolled from there. But Lawman was, was the first faction that really caught my eye and, I jumped in, and over the course of the Kickstarter, they gave us ample opportunities to up our pledges, uh, which I did. And <laughs> so I came home with with all the factions by the end of it. And at the second Kickstarter, I was blessed with the uh, available funds to do it again. So I picked up all all four of the other factions as well. And so yeah, so Lawman is my my true heart in the game, and the the order is is a, a close second just by the aesthetics really it's a really cool faction so okay um, that's how i got in the game and my two favorite fashions all right tom how, were you kind of similar thing the first kickstarter uh kind of along the same lines now uh unlike brian i've been a gamer for as really as long as i can remember back to being a little kid but i spent a lot of time on barter town and I would see all these things go by saying, hey, you know, the Kickstarter for this, Kickstarter for that. And I'm like, What's this Kickstarter stuff? Uh, so I went online, looked up Kickstarter, started browsing through there. And it just happened to coincide with the time that uh, Wild West Exodus had come up. And I've always loved Cowboys and Indians, uh, the old, you know, John Wayne movies and things like that. So I went to check that out. I was like, all right, this looks pretty cool. I'll, you know, maybe I'll back this. You know, it seemed like, ooh, that's a lot of money. But, you know, we'll see what I can do with it that and as i was watching fun i was like all right this looks pretty cool so i went and i sold off some of my uh 40k armies to fund this <laughs> and uh <laughs> got in with that i i for me what was really appealing was the union and uh the warrior nation because like i said to me that was classic cowboys and indians you know you have the union cavalry riding out of the fort going you know to you know, fight, fight the Indians is kind of what I had going on when I saw that. So as time went on, also I was like, started finding more about it. I was like, wow, you know, the warrior nation is actually fantastic. They're really cool. But my first love there was the union. Uh, I love the idea of playing with, uh, Grant and with Sherman and Sheridan, that whole gun line idea. So I also went back for, I got every faction, uh, and then I went a little extra heavy into Union and Warrior Nation. And then at the very end, when the extra little mini starter for Wallman came up, that was when I was really hooked, just like Brian. You know, I loved Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday all coming out of there. And uh, the UR30 bots were amazing. So obviously I had to pick those up. And over time... Uh, Wallman became my main faction as well. Uh, they overtook the union, and I actually ended up selling my union okay. uh, to to keep up with my, the Wallman. And so, Wallman have become my primary faction. Uh, I still have all my Warrior Nation. My son took those over, so he plays Warrior Nation. And that that's kind of how I got into it. Okay. Uh, second Kickstarter came around, and I, you know, I was already kind of invested in the factions I had, so I just picked up 
some pieces here and there, some of the limited edition stuff. I didn't back any of the new factions there. Okay, you're you're not as glutton as uh, me and Brian then, where you got to have everything. Uh, my <laughs> wife would murder me. So. <laughs> not not lack of desire, lack of uh, you know. I guess sound, I guess I have sounder judgment. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, my excuse is I have very few vices. Uh, evidently, this is one of them. <laughs> Well, I envy you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those money that, that I saved not going to bars with my buddies, <laughs> I, I just spent it all. <laughs> on on the, the plastic. You're right. <laughs> well, all right. Well, all right. me, when I, I first got kind of introduced to Wild West Exodus, I, I totally missed the boat on the first uh, Kickstarter. I think at that time, Kickstarter was it, it was fairly you know, exclusive. It wasn't very, you know, like advertised like it is now. You jump on Facebook and you always see pop-up ads. So I didn't find out about the game until uh, the second Kickstarter at Adepticon. And, you know, walk around, the, the, they would have the dealer booths. And I remember stopping and saying, oh, what's this? It's a Wild West game. I've always been attracted to Wild West uh, movies and cinema and, you know, and stuff like that because I... You know, growing up, that's what my parents watched. You know, John. It was either John Wayne or Clint Eastwood. You know, so I stopped to look at it, at it, and you know, and then find out that okay, it's steampunk. I like, you know, the steampunk theme, and then throwing in kind of that weird West, the sci-fi element. I thought that was really cool. So I, I, you know, did a demo. Uh, they handed me, you know, like the little postcard that they were giving out for the second one and said well go online and check it out type thing and i actually still have that postcard somewhere uh i think it's in my um my bag that i carry my miniatures in and so i went online i looked at it and i'm like okay this kind of looks cool I, I i think i'd give it a try and at that time i was pretty hesitant about kickstarter because we we're still trying to figure it out so i think i ended up uh by the end of that adepticon weekend i did you know jump in on the uh uh, uh, on a pledge and I ended up getting a, a two-player starter I figured I'll get the two-player starter try it out you know I can play it with my son and s see where it takes me well in the course of uh, the rest of the month usually the kickstarters go a month uh, watching it go I uh, just kept getting more antsy and antsy where it's like okay I gotta I gotta have it now I gotta have it now wanted more and I ended up uh, at that time they had some of the new factions coming in, which would have been your Dark Nation. Uh, they had the Confederates coming in at that and that Kickstarter. The uh, let's see, they had the Golden Army, and then they had the Watchers, which the Watchers were, uh, you know, your alien faction that a lot of people are going, you know, nuts over right now for. And I ended up saying, well, I'll I'll get another faction, something that really, you know jumped at my my interest was the confederate so i put some more money in to get another you know faction so i ended up having coming out of it with three factions well in the whole process of waiting for fulfillment i couldn't wait and <laughs> i ended up buying uh an enlightened starter and by the time the kickstarter came i already had my enlightened starter built and painted and ready to go and from there, I just kind of 
snowballed where I kept getting faction and oh here's another faction I'll get that faction it was usually a, a certain model or something in that faction that caught my eye like with the dark nation for example I mean I got that well after the, the fulfillment and stuff but the these models they had in that faction like you know you big grizzly bear you know werebear and he's got a gatling gun and stuff that models what drew me to the dark nation the some of the story they had with you know the characters in there drew me in so yeah it, it kind of has snowballed where i have pretty much everything too and there's there's no going back you just get it all wow <laughs> I, I know i i uh i i'll admit i do have a problem uh where i just i can't stop i mean i have blisters downstairs that are just you know i have like a, a trunk like that i got at michael's and i kind of have a staging area where i put them all in this trunk and then it's like okay and then i have a pile of like blisters or maybe even like uh a, a, a box of you know hired hands or something sitting on my my workbench so i have a staging area where they make it to the workbench i build them then when there's empty space i can go in the trunk and get something else and put it in the next spot so i just kind of rotate them as i work yeah i can't get to that point i've got everything built so i have you know i have a case filled with half painted models and half just like primed <laughs> and, and right, so. i just stare at these unpainted models going wow i gotta get to them one of these days <laughs> right so the other day uh, a couple of weeks ago i i had a uh, a big scheduled demo day uh at a at the store and and i told the guy the owner i'd bring everything so anybody came they can all see all the factions if they want to and uh even brought my box of sprues and un unbuilt resins and when I got back, when I got home, I was like, somebody else had posted all of their models, you know, on a table. So oh, I, was like, oh, I remember oh. those pictures. I, I saw those pictures, <laughs> Brian, and I was like, holy cow. <laughs> and then, so I, I just kind of set them up on this table I have. It's like four feet long. So I'm like, I have four feet of models <laughs> just stacked up, just, just standing up. Those are all the ones I've had built. And then I, I realized it wasn't all of them. I still had, I had a, I had done a one afternoon. I'd knocked out, you know, a full blister of Watcher hands, a full blister of the Savages hands, the full blister of the um, the Caballeros. So I, I'd just done. So that's another thirty that weren't in those pictures. But that did include. <laughs> that did not even include another six sprues that I still had a box, um, and the rest of my Watchers and the rest of my Golden Army. And it also didn't include my Lawman faction, which was still in my still in my uh, outlaw case because there was no room on the table. So it was like that was all but my Lawman. I, I love how one afternoon I cranked out thirty guys. I'm like, like that, that's a year's worth of work for me. <laughs> and I didn't paint them. I just I just built. Them. Okay. <laughs> You sure nobody was behind you with like a cat of nine tails or something, you know, cracking that sucker? <laughs> well, no, uh, you know, I've gotten pretty good. These, these, uh, you know, the plastics are really good, so yeah. they, they go pretty fast. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. So the the mold lines are ha 
are really, really clean where there's not a whole lot that you have to clean up. Right. I still have problems, though, uh, working on the hands. I, and I think it's because of the variety of them. They just they seem very samey, so it's hard for me to keep my focus through five of them, ten of them, to get them complete. I have to do, like, maybe two in a sitting, and then I have to I have to do like a, a character, a face, you know, a name guy. Right. Otherwise I get bored with those little scrubs that you got to have, but they're just kind of, eh, you know. Right. See, I, I don't think I've gotten to um, a set of the models with wild excesses where I've gotten bored. It's, I typically, when I'm working on a set of hands, I'm, I'm new to the whole process of having to paint 10 guys who all look the same. Yeah. So that's what I struggle in is like, okay, I'll go and start painting all the blue on the model. And so, well, I've got 10 models. I'm blue, 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 blue. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, now I'm going to put the tan. So I was a tan, 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 on down. And that's what slows me down. Or like when I work with my scouts, my scouts aren't done because I base coated them. And then man, I was just tired with those colors. So then yeah. I was like, okay, I want to work on something different. Yeah. You know? I do. <laughs> so that's I... really, I get tipped on is i'll be like i'll get to a certain point and i'm like i'm really tired of painting green so let's just switch over to this other set so right now i'm working on uh warrior nation hands my rebel hands and these deputies that i've been working on this past week okay. uh, but those are all in progress well that's one of the things why i like the lawman is they're, they're very face heavy so yeah. you don't really have to go through a whole lot of that oh i'm banging out a bunch of the same guys with the union, it was like that. It says blue, 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 blue. Um, but it, at least even with the hands, you, you can make the hands all. They don't all have to be exactly the same. You know, they're all sort of just thrown together out out in the west somewhere. So you don't have to do the same colors across all. They don't have to match like some of the other uh, armies do. No, that's probably why I like uh, my go-to faction is has become the enlightened and. That's one of the things I like about them too is that you can give them a lot of variety, even in their their hand units, um, because they're basically just Frankenstein monsters. And you know, you 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 give them that you know grotesque, you know greenish pale skin, and then they have so much detail with stitch work or you know scars, or a lot of them have the machinery that they. Once you start painting them, you can give them a lot of variety, right? And you know, because they're animated corpses, they just they just raided the cemeteries, and everyone got buried in their Sunday vest, yeah, which would all yeah would all be wearing different clothes, which is how <laughs> I did my outlaws, my outlaw bandits. They're all different. The only thing that unifies them are the bandanas, and I think they all wear the calf boots that have like the fabric from the knees down. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, so I use I painted that red and you know their bandanas that it sets them okay they're all one unit based on that. All right, well that's kind of our our little intro into the show and uh, the three of our go to factions and kind of how we discovered uh, Wild West Exodus. So why don't we go ahead and we can move into one of our topics and we'll see where that takes us. Sounds good.
All right, guys, let's go into one of our, our first topics that we wanted to cover with everybody out there. And uh, we're going to cover game basics and what you would need to get started in the world of Wild West Exodus. Um, now, some of the things that there's, there's a lot of returning people from first edition, so they have previous models uh, from the first edition. And the nice thing about that is that um, War Cradle made those uh, fully usable in uh, the second edition rules. Uh, I mean, you do have to watch out. Uh, some of the base sizes may have changed, um, but a lot of that information of, uh, is on, online on their website. Um, and you can find just about everything for free on their website. But let's go very basic and what you would need to get started. Um, they have different box sets. So uh, when you guys want to go ahead and kind of start us off, what, like if okay, you're so telling somebody what they need, what would you tell them? So there's two ways to jump in. Uh, the first way would be, uh, a two-player starter set that they have. It's called the the Fight of the Red Oak, and it's um, a small, you know, mini faction for the outlaws and the lawmen. And it's a great way to start because it gives you a rule book, all the tokens that you're going to need, a template for the blast and torrents. Um, it gives you a set of the adventure cards and a set of the action deck and you know, everything you need to really get a game started, you know, some assembly required, but, um, it's, it's, it's a really good starting point, especially if you like outlaws or the lawman, as it gives you, uh, you know, wider, you know, it gives you doc holiday. It gives you, uh, you know, a set of, uh, two gun dogs and a set of two attack dogs and, uh, outlaws kid, Jesse James and uh frank james and then each of the lawmen and the the outlaws get one light support vehicle uh they're now called just support vehicles and one is uh an interceptor and the other one is a iron horse what's neat is because it's a plastic sprue they also added optional heads for uh both uh, the riders of these vehicles uh, it also the attack dog and gun dogs have optional heads, so you can really get a pretty good variety as you you pick up some more of these, uh, you know, plastic uh, canines. Um, so it's really good box set, um, and it's really a good place to start. Yeah, the, the, you the are, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I was just saying. So if you already know a faction you want, and it's not in the two-player starter, um, they have starter posse sets, and they are, you know, posse set rule book and the gubbins and tokens and stuff. Uh, so it, instead of buying a two-player set, you're basically picking your favorite faction and just going all in into one faction. And, and these posse sets are designed around the way 2.0, while it's Exodus, builds armies so you basically you pick a boss and these posse sets have their go-to you know team so these are the guys that narratively would be a good choice to bring with that boss so 
you pick your favorite faction like Enlightened, and right now they have the posse set called Father of the Enlightened that you can buy just the posse if you already have the rules from another purchase. Or you can buy it as a starter set, and it comes with the Father of Enlightened posse and a rules and a gubbin set. And then you, then, just, then you just keep kind of building on to that posse with different uh, dudes, basically, right? Exactly. So you'll get a boss, a couple of faces, and some support models that, you know, would work well with the theme of that boss. But then your next step would likely be pick up a box of hands that that boss would work with uh, and or a box of uh, vehicles uh, to expand your your uh, your army. Okay. And now... So dovetailing right into that is... uh probably my favorite thing for the returning player yeah i was gonna bring that the up, gubbins huh? box <laughs> uh this 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 is one that i was uh constantly going where is it where is it where is it and i'm very happy to have gotten it and uh as brian said it's all the pieces you need uh if you came if you played first edition you're coming back you have all your models uh and all you need are the bits and pieces you need to get playing again you can just go out and buy a gubbins box and you get a little measuring stick and some tokens. Uh, you get your blast torrent template, your adventure deck, uh, your action deck, uh, your mini rule book, and some 10 sided dice. And uh, it's really not very expensive. And it's pretty much everything you need to get going if you already have all of your pieces from first edition. Right. I remember when it first announced. They were like, oh, we're having a, a rules and gubbins set. And I was like, what's a gubbins? Because I didn't, I've never heard of the term. Me, me neither, but I, I love it. I love that word. I don't know where it came right. from, but and, and it's, what, it's what, part of my vocabulary. It's now. fun to say. It is. <laughs> it's a gubbins. Uh, but one of the other things is from first edition rule, where I had spent weeks meticulously painting custom tokens to cover all the myriad of effects and counters and that you needed for first edition and then uh, second edition rolls out and uh, now there's five. Yeah. I do like that. I still have this 50 tokens uh, pokers poker set of really meticulously painted, uh, <laughs> you know, tokens. <laughs> I, I had these really nice uh, ceramic mini uh, poker chips that uh, Scott Whitebread had given me, and I just wrote whatever I needed on there with a dry erase. That those were my condition tokens. <laughs> that's the that's the life of a gamer. Whatever you can use to as a token, whether it's a popcorn kernel to a, a poker chip, if it if it tells you what status that figure is in, it'll work. Exactly. Right. <laughs> well one of the the neat things i like that war cradle did you know these are uh you know stuff that you kind of need to get into the game and I, I briefly mentioned it earlier uh and i mean this could not just be for uh returning first edition players but even if you know you're unsure yet if you want to make that dive and get one of the posse box sets or the two-player box set or even just the gubbins um they have on their website all the stuff for free download. Like, you know, you have your rules. You can download the uh, uh, the templates, the uh, whatever tokens that you would need. 
uh, stat cards. All the stat cards are online to download. So a lot of that stuff you can go on their website and download for free, print it out on your home computer or, you know, take it to a, a FedEx, you know, printing service or any other printing service, print them out and you can try it out. You know, you can, you can read through the rules and, you know, it's it's not much of an investment to get into it. So I like that War Cradle was very open about this is what we got. Try it out. If you really like it, you know, dive into one of the sets and you know get the the pretty the pretty stuff. Oh yeah, and and you can tell the new the new way to jump into the game is definitely triggering you know, growth, like, you know, it's exploding here and there all over the place. And in the last couple of months, you know, new stockist announcements left and right all oh. over the, the Facebook, uh, even, even just got an announcement for near my neck of the woods with space cadets, uh, now a official stockist of Wildless Exodus. So yeah, this, this coming, uh, uh, weeks, I'll be doing a demo day over at, uh, space cadets. Uh, actually the listeners, it may be after, uh, by the time you hear this, but uh, real excited about that, and so yeah, the Houston area should be getting a quite a surge of uh, Wildwood Exodus over the next couple of months. Yeah, I think with War Cradle starting, you know, they they got that momentum finally where it's starting that they're getting that response back. They've gone to enough shows, and um, when they go to these shows, they're demoing like crazy. That enough people are being exposed to it now that it's starting to not be that. So much that oh I never seen that type of you know game that is getting a lot of exposure. So a lot of people are starting to take notice of it. I think just you look at the pictures of their booth and everything else too. Uh, it just draws you in. There, there's a lot of excitement there. Uh, the way they have the the whole walls set up with the pictures of the different characters and everything. It's you know, very impressive. Size life size. It really is impressive. Yeah, having having seen uh, the small version of the. Of the their booth at PAX South, it was pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, having been to Wild West Exodus events at Adepticon for the last couple of years, uh, so have you, Tom and uh, Eric. You, the effort that went into this is Wild West Exodus at a convention is is changed a bit. And yeah, the big walled-in area they have glass shelving with plenty of painted models and. Uh, you know, all the new prototype models and you, people just gawking and, you know, then, of course, having the the, the new boxes and uh, merchandising all set up. There was a crowd there all day that I was there. It was it was crazy. And what's funny is that was Saturday and the next day that I wasn't there Sunday, they said Sunday was even busier. Oh, my God. And, you know, there's like five of them that flew over from uh, from England to support uh, PAX South. And they literally ran three demo tables nonstop, you know, that's, and they had a, that's a good two sign. extra people and they would tag in anytime someone needed a, you know, uh, <laughs> tag, a me, bro, tag me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's really impressive too. Uh, Sundays at cons are usually kind of, you know, everyone's tired out and, they, and leaving and they're, they're kind of, uh, down days. So to hear that they had such a good response on a Sunday is really fantastic. 
Well, I, I I have a feeling that with Adepticon coming up, I mean, that's going to be my next opportunity to actually see them in a booth and, you know, showing the game off and stuff. I have a feeling I'm going to have a hard time getting out of that booth without, you know, at least two bags of stuff because you, you can't resist it. Right. And a little bit later when we talk about uh, the news, um, you know, maybe we'll have some 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 good information about what to expect from uh, Rebdepticon. I, yeah. I know, you know, some of the newer releases that are, that are just now coming out uh, should likely be there uh, and they'll be flying out of there like yeah. crazy. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to go by the, the booth like the first day. Otherwise, you know, there could be that chance that they, they sell out. Cause I mean, realistically how much stuff can they, you know, bring with them from the UK? I mean, it's got to be kind of pricey to ship all that stuff over here. Right. Well, I, I believe some of the stuff is actually remaining in uh, North America. Ah, okay, for the distributors I and stuff like that. They, right. Well, I, I believe they've worked some kind of secret secret deal, uh, like as typical of the Dark Council, um, <laughs> so that stuff doesn't have to be shipped back and forth. So, you know, not going to reveal the secrets, but yeah, they're that some of that stuff is staying on this side of the the uh, the, the water. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Um, so that's kind of the the game basics. What uh, ever you know, you guys would need to get into the game. Um, there's a couple different options, like we listed with the box sets, posse sets, or you know, just going online and downloading for free. Do you guys kind of want to give a broad overview of the factions? You know, just real brief, quickly to maybe give some insight to everybody out there. You know, a generic way that a faction plays. I mean, we can, there's quite a few of them. Um, they have combined some of them, but Brian, you want to start us off with maybe, I, I think I know what your favorite faction is, but I'll let you start that one off. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty well known as being a, uh, a lawman uh, faction fanboy, evidently. Uh, <laughs> it's my favorite faction. It, it's what lured me into the game originally. So I've uh, just been pretty consistent in snatching up everything Lawman that comes out. And the, the neat way they've done the, the factions is each pos- posse boss. So each boss now in the game is gives you a different option how to play your faction. So, you know, same with the Lawman. You can, you know, really go different locations. You, you have wider he brings his tombstone posse, so you can make a very cinematic-themed uh, posse by bringing in the foursome from the original OK Corral. Um, you can also, obviously, enlarge that with picking up uh, Warren Earp and, and a few other faces, You know, squeeze them in, and obviously pick up some deputies. Um, it would be really neat. Uh, hard-hitting with Wyatt's you know, pistols and shotgun. Then you got you know, Doc Holliday with his pistols. One of the neat things about the posse also is you can bring a boss with Tombstone, which allows you to bring in uh, one of the other bosses, which is Morgan Earp. And uh, as you know, Morgan Earp during uh, the fight at the OK Corral, he gets shot. Uh, the aftermath of that event, he gets shot in the back. Virgil, of course, gets freaked out and drags his his, his baby brother out to Doc Carpathian and Doc Carpathian fixed him all up. So now he's, you know, half robot and uh, one of the boss options. He has an affinity with the robot deputies. So his theme posse 
uh, called Armored Justice is definitely centered around bringing UR-30s uh, and 31s into a posse. And the synergy there is definitely worth bringing them, uh, Morgan, in with a, a group. Uh, he has a legendary uh, model that you can also pick up and uh, brings out a huge armor version of Morgan, which is uh, quite hefty. Uh, let's see. After that, you can bring in a Tribal Alliance with Bass Reeves. And Tribal Alliance with Bass Reeves allows Bass Reeves to bring in some you know, warrior nation models into the posse. Uh, I, I believe when they came out with that posse build, I was like, that is so cool. Uh, also with 2.0, Apache kid is now also playable in lawman factions and, uh, is also one of the, uh, the first options in the posse build. So you have, uh, the, the man who inspired the Lone Ranger in Bass Reeves, and you can bring along, uh, Indian scout, like Apache kid. And, a bunch of other Indian hands and stuff to, to really throw a curveball into a, a, a pretty good match. Uh, then you got the iconic judge, uh, jury and executioner with uh, judge Stern and his posse is, is quite interesting because there's a lot of affinity with bringing in some of the civilian models and the mob rule kind of uh, tactics. The only downside of that is uh, there's only six unique uh, civilian models, so we get a, a chance to get really creative and bring in some civilian models from outside the game, uh, so you can really outfit that that posse uh, with all the extra civilians you can bring along. So the the law basically has a lot of those cinematic characters that we know from history or from uh, the movies, actually, that are. You know, you're, you're law dogs. You're, you know, your guys with their six shooters and they're coming into town, bringing, you know, bringing hell with them as, you know, to quote a quote. And I mean, they're, they're not overly shooty, but you got your different elements that you could go, right? Am I kind of fair saying that, Brian? Right. So the, the, the lawman faction now is, is extremely face heavy. So most of the builds, uh, you're, kind of pushed into bringing as many bringing faces um, they have some great hand options but for the most part that you're encouraged to have you know numerous hands in each of your posses all right uh tom you want to pick one well, of I these mean, ones yeah i'll just follow up on the lawman too uh, okay mean, you know they, they they may say that you know there's really no good guys in this game <laughs> the lawman are the good guys <laughs> <laughs> well obviously uh, you know, as far as uh, other posses, I've, I've always been kind of partial. Uh, I'm also a Walman player, but I've also been very partial to the Union uh, over time. So uh, I've gotten rid of my Union a while ago, and now with what they've done with them, I'm looking at maybe picking them up again. So uh, kind of regret getting rid of those now. They're, they're put together into a couple of different ways, like all the posses are. Uh, you have different bosses uh, that lead up themed posses. You have things like the Secret Service that goes along with uh, Abe Lincoln, uh, which has all sorts of agent hands and, uh, sorry, agent faces and, uh, you know, the hands that'll go along with them. Again, it's a very face-heavy posse, very similar to what the lawmen do. The one I find most intriguing there, which I haven't tried yet, but I really want to, is uh, the Willa Shaw posse, which is is a cavalry posse. You can basically put 
together a fully mounted posse, which uh, I really am curious to see how that's going to work out. I don't know if you guys have, have played with or against that yet. I have played against I have it. Not. And uh, the player that I played, it kind of built on that, her being on the mounted, you know, zipping around there. And they took some other uh, vehicles to support her. And it, it was pretty tough to contend with that, with them constantly moving, like kind of like circling sharks. They just kept driving around me and just, you know, picking at you, picking and shooting and picking. And eventually it's just it wore me down. Right. Well, in the some of the newer updates for the Union, uh, it's just going to get worse. Because uh, <laughs> oh, now <boy. laughs> uh, Custer is also going to be uh, a Wrangler. So you'll be able to mount him with his eight fortune. And his posse is extremely hands heavy. Well, they made another change. And now the mounted cavalry iron horses for the Union will be hands. Okay. So wow, that's he's fantastic. Be able, he's going to be able to do the same thing. So both Willishaw and Custer will be able to field fully automated cavalry. Wow. Which wow. should should be equally frightening, especially if you go in a big game and they decide, Group hey, <laughs> Willa and Custer oh. are joining up. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Do the double boss list. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to get back into these guys again, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Look what I started. <laughs> wait, wait, way to cost me money. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> um, and, and and for those Union Secret Service guys, um, Stuart was um, revealing online uh, some names of future models, and one of them definitely kind of rang as a a nod to one of the Secret Service sketches that we saw at you know one of the previous. Adepticons or Gen Cons, where they showed a bunch of artwork, and it was the uh, rocket launcher guy. So I have a feeling he's he is upcoming sometime soon in a uh, a Secret Service kind of posse set, which would be epic and awesome. Well, All right, Eric. What about you? What do, what, what do you I, like playing? I, I think I, I, I already will, know the answer to that. But. Yeah, I think I'll go with my 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 first love. Uh, you know, making uh, man better through science. Uh, would be the enlightened the enlightened the way they play they're actually gonna be the only faction i mean i kind of look at them as being your your typical undead faction that a lot of games have i mean they're not undead but they're actually just reanimated uh through science and the enlightened are one of those factions that it's the only faction in the game that you can actually bring back um Models after they've been gunned down and stuff in one form of another, whether it's bringing them back as a hex beast or even just resurrecting them. You know, he's there's a couple of the bosses like Dr. Carpathian who can spend uh, some of his his you know his fortune to take an action to basically you know those guys when they've been gunned down they don't get removed from the table they just lay there and he kind of reconstructs them he fixes them. Well enough that they can keep marching on and fighting for them. So, I mean, the Enlightened have, they're very heavy and those big tanky 
disposable, you know, they have the, the tanky constructs, but they do have the disposable, you know, little nameless dudes too that will, you know, get in front of them and kind of protect him. So uh, a, a big part of their strategy is keeping him around all his creations so that if somebody's shooting, you know, he has basically cannon fodder to absorb those shots so he can do what he needs to do to achieve the goals of different scenarios and stuff. And I mean, like many bosses, they, they have, you know, your variety of you want, you know, a boss that's like him that has all his little tricks and stuff to keep him alive. Or you got uh, a couple guys that are, you know, you can go melee heavy, you know, they have um, Eiffel, who's basically a big spider that if he gets close to you, he's going to tear into you with his claws and, you know, his his spider legs and just rip through you. And then they also have bosses like Cam, who is kind of your, your speedster. And he's one of the few guys that he actually has like a jetpack so he can do a special move where he's flying across the board, ignoring, you know, the buildings and cover and stuff like that. And he... He's got a face that goes with him that's a hellion that's actually very similar, has wings, he flies. So you got basically flying, a flying Frankenstein construct dropping from the ground or from the sky, and he's going to tear into you with his claws. And then they have a couple other bosses like uh, you can actually take Virgil into the Enlightened because of his deal with Car Dr. Carpathian to give him back his arm after he lost it. You know, so there's there's some variety depending on how you want to, you know, what is your play style. I mean, we have the, uh, the Countess now. Uh, that's one of the newer bosses. And then uh, uh, they have Edison, who Edison in first edition was just a face, but now he's a boss. And they're still kind of developing his theme posse and exactly kind of how he works. So, I mean, a lot of these factions... It's kind of what's your play style? Are you do you want to be a shooty type posse or do you want to be kind of like a melee or do you, you know you can mix? That's one of the nice things I like with the different choices of the bosses. What kind of hands or faces that you can take to kind of supplement what that boss does best, or maybe that boss doesn't do something. So it's like okay, let's take this unit into the posse to kind of help round it out. Yeah, I do find I, I do find it interesting that posse's now are different within the factions. In first edition, you had each faction had an identity. The lawmen were the tough ones; uh, they, were the, they were the hardest to kill. Uh, the union were the shooty guys. Warrior nation were the close combat guys. Enlightened were the were the tricksy guys. Instead of having that now, now within a, an individual faction, you have. A posse in there that might be a shooting posse and you have another posse that might be a close combat posse so within any faction you can find a play style that uh suits your needs yeah it's definitely not just one play style where you know you you get stuck in kind of okay this is how you play them if you don't that's all you can do now they really do have variety of flavor how do you want to play yeah definitely all right brian you want to take another one what's the next one you want to talk about Oh, let's see. Well, we could talk about the Holy Order. That's my next second favorite. Okay. Uh, Ponzi. Uh, Holy Order is in 2.0 is basically what we know about the Holy Order in the first edition was basically just like a tip of the iceberg. And as 
as the war with the the hex or the dark nation continues the holy order enters new phases and these new phases cause uh, large chain reactions within their own structure so in the first ver- version the spica and uh the bosses uh you know, Abner and Nura, they're actually humans who've been involved in the Holy Order of Man for for years, and their ancestors have been passing down this knowledge about the war, and they've been developing these pieces of technology through basically memories that their ancestors have been shared, but it's only been parts and pieces, and it's not until they put the parts together do these relic weapons and vehicles truly take shape and then now they're useful centuries later even though some some families have been passing on the knowledge of how to build the circuit that powers the device and another family knew how to create the focusing lens of the device whatever so through generations all these technologies are, are developed but they don't really have any understanding of what they're doing. It's all been through memories and dreams and they build all this stuff and they, but they know why it's this fight that they're participating against this dark force that's on the planet. So that's like phase, phase one and two okay. phase three then starts new, new stuff. So your first couple of bosses, they're human, all their soldiers are human and they've just been trained in the, in the ways of the order but then the next phase, things get ramped up a little more. And that's when it's revealed that the next boss that we haven't we've seen that hasn't showed up is one of the Kokoroli. And the Kokoroli are basically a human that has now been inhabited by an energy being of the order. And these, the order is is the what's behind the holy order of the man is the order, which are energy beings that have centuries and thousands of years ago became enlightened to the point where they lost their physical forms and they became energy beings. They encountered the dark essence that is the the hex and the dark council, and now they're in this eons old fight where they're trying to destroy this dark force because they are so enlightened that they know they need to destroy this evil. The only way they can do it is by whispering to inhabitants of the worlds that are being tainted. And then eventually they gain more of a foothold through the different phases. So phase three is when they first start imbuing their life force into human hosts, but the energy can't be contained in a frail human body so that's what the armored forms of the new order models are so they're a little bit bigger because the bodies are getting a little too expansive based on this energy that's now imbued in their their frail little bodies so the armor is encased there to keep them from burning up and dying so you'll see all the kokorali have now going to get new models and they're going to be bigger so the the size is increasing on all these models, and the old uh, old models are just not going to be used anymore because they'll have brand new, larger formed. Uh, just so we know, hey, this is a Kokoroi. Well, obviously, it's bigger than everything else. All the models will be on medium bases or larger, and they're just elite 
fighting unit. So they're all the whole faction is made up of elite units. So the Spica are human elites. Kokoroa is just one step above that, and they're just like monstrously armored and big weapons, lots of neat little things. Some of the neater new weapons are they've got some chain attacks that you know can you can drag opponents with those those two new models in the the ranks of the Kokoroli really should be entertaining. Obviously, this is where the portals first jumped into the game with uh, Salto. And so uh, Nura is now a part of the the posse that uses portals. And she even has her legendary form and she can, she has mastery of portals herself. So that with the, the different fact uh, posses, those are one of the key things that she can do. Uh, Makura is just going to be a hard-hitting monster centaur-shaped uh, model. Can't wait to see her, that model come out because I will be buying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and there's so much more that is coming for the order that we Stuart can just tease and stuff, and all we know is he's not telling us everything yet. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, as the phases of the order continue to move forward, we'll see some even crazier things come out. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I, I'm sure he'll tell us soon. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart soon. All right, Tom, uh, you're up. What do you want to, what do you want to cover? Uh, I, I guess we'll go warrior nations. All right. That's the other, uh, faction that I have living in my house right now. Okay. War Nation has undergone uh, quite a few changes, actually. How it originally was, was uh, there were a couple of major bosses. There was Sitting Bull and Geronimo. Uh, they have had name changes. They are no longer Sitting Bull and Geronimo. They are Raging Bear, and I believe it's Spirit Wolf. Is that his name? Ghost Wolf. It's Ghost Wolf. Ghost Wolf. Or, as I also like to call Geronimo, no, sorry, Raging Bear. I, he's my grumpy bear. Yeah, uh, and I've painted and I've painted him as such. <laughs> so, His big um, white belly with the, the rain cloud. He does. He he. Well, he, you know, he's wearing a chest piece, so I had to have the rain cloud hearts kind of pouring out from behind the chest piece. But it's all. But it's all there. <laughs> so, but the Warrior Nation posse uh, faction was really really interesting as they didn't really draw their power the way all the other factions do. They got their power from nature, essentially, the great spirit. And it was shown in the comics and, and uh, as in the novels and such as a blue glowing energy instead of the red that we would normally see uh, from RJ. And this gave them the power to have at least their, their most powerful warriors could change forms. Uh, so they were essentially were animals. Uh, you know, so you have Raging Bear, is obviously he's a, he turns from a human into a giant bear. Ghost Wolf turns into, he's essentially a werewolf, which is pretty awesome. He's got some great models for him. And then there is Iron Tooth, who is sort of a cougar, were cougar, I guess you would say he is. Then you have some other guys who just wield the power of the Great Spirit. So you have guys like Raven Spirit, who's that cool model where you see the little guy inside the big spirit rising out from around him. And they, they channel these energies and they can control them and they can call apparitions or throw fireball little things. Uh, so it's just a whole nother take on uh, the energy that these that gets used in the world of Wild West Exodus. So I don't know if you guys want to jump in on this. Um, I have 
So the Warrior. I have them in my house. I really haven't gotten to play with them yet. So the Warrior Nation right. not, not this edition. are like one of those original ones that uh, I, it's probably the most popular faction that's out there. And something that to 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 make note is that they're the they're, they're the kind of faction that they're very uh, melee heavy, where there are a lot of hand to hand combat type guys and. Something that I, I know one of our players in our local area he plays to is uh, their, their totems. So they can kind of jump around the table with these totems, kind of like portals in a way. So they can be pretty fast-moving units that all of a sudden they're on you and they're tearing into you with their energy weapons. Right. Right. So one of the bosses, the uh, Raven Spirit, he he and you know the spirit spirit priest they they have a really good affinity with the totems and they can you know teleport through the totems and so can the spirit apparitions so yeah it can be quite deadly option for warrior nation uh, one of the other new bosses is uh, walks looking and she is definitely a melee posse you know, some of her go-to people are also nearly crazy, like uh, White Buffalo. But she also has a little bit of help with uh, the sniper, uh, Little Claw. Is Little Claw the sniper? Right. But that posse is available out right now. Uh, you mean Raven's Eye? Raven's Eye. Little Claw, I think, is the um, Lady of the West, second right? edition of Lady of the West. Uh, of the West, and yeah. I, I believe she's also uh, a melee heavy uh, model as well. But yeah, it, Warrior Nation is, has always been a hard hitting. Um, it has not changed no. in the 2.0. That's no, it's, it's it's tough to stay away from them with the totem. You know, the power of the totems, and I mean, a lot of times when I played against them, it's like you know. Uh, my opponent's dropping those, you know, he's seating them around the board and it's like, okay, that one is like almost right on my deployment zone. So it's like, I kind of immediately go after those things to take them out. Cause they're pretty easy to, to shoot and destroy. Um, but otherwise it's like, uh, if you don't, they're going to be on you. Like I said, really quick. Yeah, but it also distracts you. Yep, go ahead. It, it also distracts you, uh, uh, giving them a chance to run up. Yeah. Which I've seen that happen too. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, it's not always easy to get line of sight on those uh, little totems. Uh, a smart player can kind of squirrel them away in, into spots that you kind of have to circle around to get at them. Yeah, yeah. Kind of hiding in like some crates or something that's like next to a building or on the street or in some, uh, you know, some of the terrain like rocks or trees or whatever. Exactly. All right. I think I will cover. Um, Probably one of the uh, the factions that kind of was one of my uh, I couldn't wait for uh, my regular posses. Like I kind of flip flopped a lot uh, between the Enlightened and uh, the one I'm talking about was Outlaws. We're kind of sticking with some of the the original ones. And one of the things I like about the Outlaws is they're kind of your jack of all trades. They don't do any one thing fantastic. They do kind of like everything you know whether it's your your shooty guys or your melee guys and something that kind of is interesting that happened with the outlaws is they have the most variety in the game because they kind of absorbed in second edition your golden army which is your condistadors or 
um, the other side of the Golden Army were your uh, your banditos and stuff like that. Um, and they also absorbed the Confederate Army. So, and, and a lot of the mercs are also in the outlaw, so it gives you a lot of variety when you are doing posse building. I mean, some of the, the big names that's kind of, kind of goes along with like you know your lawmen you have you know your very historical characters the outlaws have like your jesse james and his you know the james gang and you got billy the kid and i love the johnny ringo model that they have for the game where you know he's just he's got all attitude he doesn't have the shirt on he's just got his duster out and he's just you know he's just like bringing it you know you have with uh going to the golden army you have your condisadors, like I, I brought up, you can, if you wanted to not do Ponce de Leon, you could do your banditos with them. Or one of the, the factions that got absorbed in them that I like were the Confederates. But they kind of changed them a little bit where they're more of your, they're kind of like your your snipers and they're kind of, you know, they hide and they, they play like your guerrilla tactics type thing where they're, they need cover to really be a force to reckon with. So there's a lot of options, or a really lot of options with the uh, the um, the outlaws in the second edition. They have so yeah, much that, that you can build from. Right, and it, that's the one thing about the outlaws is it is the faction to get lost in. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. You know, if you love yes, the exactly. models, that's your faction because you can buy so many models. And I mean, there's there's some cross factions that fit in there. I just scrolling through some of the models. They have there's actually some enlightened guys that are in there that are like, you know, in some kind of partnership with the outlaws because of one reason or another. Right. So Cam is a boss that will actually you can do uh, outlaw with, and then some of the mercenary bosses that we're going to see uh, Marcus Wayward and uh, Earl Shepard who bring the iconic posses of theirs into several different factions, which is nice because they're mercenaries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'd say by the end of the year, the outlaws will have the most numerous boxed posse sets that you can pick up. Well, there's so uh, many, there's so many ways you can go. Like I was saying, you know, you could do your straight outlaws with all your little outlaw names, like Billy, the kid and stuff like that. Or you could do your golden army, like, Pancho Vila, you know, he's one of the, the guys you can take for the Golden Army. There's just so much flavor, it just baffles me. Yeah. So the next two are are some of the more interesting and dynamic uh, faction options. So why don't we start talking about the Hex? So I mentioned the Hex when we were talking about the Order. Uh, so the Hex is... 2.0's version of the Dark Council, which in the first version was just a f models that you, you can bring on the four that, that you can use as the dark influence. It, it really that we really way of influence your battle. So it was, you know, an ominous thing, but it wasn't really an actual faction. There weren't any models that you really in the game. So in the 2.0, they said, no, let's make the Hex an actual, you know, faction so people can get excited about actually being this interesting new faction that they've created. So what they've 
did is they merged all the dark, omin- you know, omnipotent, splintered entity that is scattered all over the earth trying to survive the war with the order. So what it does is when it gets here, it either is already a full entity and then it starts corrupting, goes around and trying to influence the world. Uh, but they take physical form. So that's how you have, you know, the third man, you have Marie Laveau, who actually, through the influence of the the Dark Council or the Hex, but she was already a monstrous form here on Earth. But now she's involved with them. She's gaining more power and really coming to her own. Uh, so she has two, two models, one of which is her voodoo priestess model, which is her normal uh, model. But then she has her legendary pose, which is her actual normal form. Uh, so the human form of hers is is the altered form, but because the monster form is so big, it's considered her legendary model. And she is just one of the <laughs> coolest looking models. And if you really just want to paint really awesome models, Wildwood Texas is obviously the place to go because they have so many really epic, epic, cool models. But that one is really just creepy, and uh, she's ripping apart a, a spica. It, it's just really a cool model. Then you know some of the other options in the hex are the Carcosa, uh, Carcosa Rex, which is the uh, Minotaur Dark Nation model that we saw in 1.0 after the second Kickstarter. His, his previous name was Big Bighorn. But now he's Carcosa Rex. He's another one of these dark entities taking physical shape as uh, as this tainted werebore. And he is just really cool. Uh, one of the things his posse set kind of alludes to is more Carcosa-type uh, monsters, which uh, is in that list of soon to come to us. So that's going to be neat seeing some of those models come forward. Um, one of the yet dark nation tainted uh, warrior nation esque type uh, models in posses is like a Sansi. She is the dark half of walks looking. So in the fluff, she walks looking the, the daughter of ghost wolf. She succumbs to the taint of using these altered weapons and all the dark, powers that uh, spew out of this RJ-1027. But when that happens, Ghost Wolf mounts a rescue and succeeds in doing a ritual that splits her that dark taint from her soul. Doing so, you have now both in, in existence. They're not fully formed, but they both are in, in uh, physical form on the world. And Wakasansi is all evil. There is no glimmer of of good in her because Walks Looking is now void of all the darkness. So she's not whole, and Wakasansi is not whole. So they have this urge to to consume the other, and so uh, just that dichotomy of those two wars is uh, probably cool. I can't wait to see some uh, uh, a new future novel describing how this all is going to come about. It's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I, I think the Dark Nation part of the Hex is kind of what recently has been drawing me into it with like that story of the split soul and they're not complete characters. They will only be complete if they kind of overtake the other half. 
it builds this epic epic battle that uh that we actually get to to participate in on the table yeah yeah well it's really cool too because she was one of the uh feature characters right from the very beginning so to see her story progress is really great all right and then one of the last ones we have is uh the watchers um and the watchers are basically if you want to play cowboys and aliens i mean that's basically what they are is they are a hard-hitting force that you know they have not as many tricks so to say to keep them alive but what they got is like shields they bring you know superior weapons which are very hard hitting and they actually are going through a lot of changes right now um we should be seeing a new pussy set for them soon right brian oh yeah it actually should be uh available in the store now and it's uh, the Viridian uh, clay uh, posse set with the uh, Viridian Alpha. Uh, it's going to have two two betas, uh, and I, they basically the box allows you to build two different kinds of Viridian soldiers. In the art book, these would probably have been what you would have considered the skinnies uh, if you you have the art book from the second Kickstarter. And they have different weapon uh, layouts, so whether they would be the actual name of them is, is fleeting, uh, but they're like locust or it's a Chigo or something like that. I'm not sure how you pronounce Chigo. it. Yeah, it's it, it's it's alien language. So obviously, you know, us humans have trouble saying it. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so there's two different versions of the actual troops that you can build in there. So. And Stuart's already said that you'll be able to buy those troops separate so you can build up the posse by buying those sets, small sets. So that way you can outfit both kinds and and really build on your force after you buy the posse set. Yeah, and right now I think – is that the smallest posse? I mean the smallest faction out there? Yeah, I think it might be where you don't have as many models, but they're kind of – your strong beefy models right and 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 it's i i think they have a lot of plans for them we know of at least three different um alphas that'll be coming out for them obviously they'll have the uh posses that go with them and i know this this is a faction that's been getting more and more popular in uh my area people are really starting to you know get attracted to them and try to uh and figure them out just because they're 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 the kind of faction that it's so different to see down on a wild west table but i mean it goes in with the whole you know we have this the, the weird west the sci-fi element of the game yeah and they, and they are very cool looking right so the, the way the watchers are is they they're basically a alien force that has been collecting different races and each race is a set a separate style of unit in the game so you'll that's what you'll see is you know you have the the viridian clay posse is their the races would be considered the viridians uh then you have the bug-like scarabs and then their king scarab so they're they're a different race altogether and then you have the grays that, that's a separate uh race and they're they're basically your your foot soldiers but yeah, the the Chigo and the Locusts are uh, basically Viridian 
soldiers, but they're a higher level than what they would consider grays. And it's, that's why, you know, they're different. And then you have some of them like the destroyer uh, model is again, it's completely different race. And so they have different you know abilities. We have the Onyx race and, that's one of the neater things is, you know, having seen a list of all the different, you know, future races and models uh, is really, you know, eager. It's eager to see what the next kind are going to do. It's going to be really. Well, all right. That kind of brings us to a wrap up of uh, our game basics of what you need to get started. And we kind of went over all the different factions that you can pick from and kind of what they bring, what kind of characters and play style. So, Stay tuned. We got more coming up for our topics and news, and we will take a little break here and get back with you. Howdy, gang. In this segment, we're going to talk about some news, and the news basically is going to cover product that's new or coming out like little previews that uh, war cradle has released on their facebook page or on their website and basically anything that pertains or kind of relates to the world of wild west exodus so one of the first things we want to bring up that everybody should kind of watch for pay attention and look for are some some con dates that are coming up that War Cradle is going to be appearing at. They're going to have a booth at and be giving anybody that wants them demos of the game. And you can also find product at, at their booth at these little cons that you can pick up. One of the first dates, we have something coming up real soon. It's a Salu, and that's going to be April 14th in London. So go ahead and check them out there if you want to. If you've never done a demo, or if you just like doing demos, and you know, go by, say hi. Right, and uh, Stuart's been saying that they they're going to have some some announcements leading up uh, during the week on the way to salute, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see what comes out uh, yes. either for Dystopian Age or Wild Ex- Wild West Exodus next week. So some- uh, I know I've been kind of eager to see uh, what comes next. Get some new. New juicy news. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what next date do we have, Brian? Okay, well, you know, um, Daz War Cradle and the gang uh, have a Trailblazer um, scheduled for the Hammerhead Show. That's at Newark Showground in Newark, uh, Newark United Kingdom. So it's in the UK again. That's going to be on April twenty eighth. Four uh, it says four a.m. CDT, but I doubt it starts at four a.m. So that's probably just. <laughs> One of those things, us being over on this side of the uh, the water. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then uh, they got coming up in June. They have the UK Games Expo. That's June first through the third in Birmingham. That's also another UK date. So all the UK fans of Wild West Exodus can go there and check them out there. Uh, yeah, yeah. You skipped another Trailblazer. Did I skip a Trailblazer? Uh, May 19th. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. I'll. I'll... I'll, uh, I'll I can't, I can't drive to that. I guess that's why. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be in Reading, the uh, UK, at Eclectic Games. Uh, so, yeah, the, the gang is going to uh, tear it up over Eclectic Games again. So those in the area of Reading, UK, you know, definitely uh, go swing by and check it out. And that, that was May 19th, you said, Brian? 
Yeah, May 19th. And then uh, UK Expo, like you said, is in June. Okay. Uh, and then I'm sure there'll be some other Trailblazers uh, going on. It's just they haven't posted them, posted them up yet. Yeah, those uh, are – If you're – Go ahead, Brian. I was going to say, if you're a game uh, store that wants a Trailblazer, just contact uh, War Cradle Studios, and they'll get you scheduled up, and they'll bring a team uh, out there and do demos, and they yeah, do painting demos, game demos. It's kind of a neat concept they have with the, the Trailblazers, that they'll go anywhere to your little local club or store and show you how to play the game, and yeah, just get people introduced to the game. It's a really neat concept. Oh, yeah. The the last big uh or okay uh we got the Gen- last big US yeah con will be Gen Con. That's that's kind of in my backyard. That's like three hours away from me. So that is August second through the fifth in Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah, that's that's usually a, a pretty big one. Last year was their first time at Gen Con, and the the booth they went all out for the booth. It was it was huge. And right. Yeah. So that's the booth that. They'll have it salute. That's like their standard big con booth. Yeah. So yeah, it, it'll it'll be kind of a big one. I, I was at Pack South this year, and they they did come out for that, and it was a smaller booth than their I guess their their big salute uh, booth, uh, which I think it's a twice the size. So yeah, um, the big one they neat. usually uh, bring out the big displays for that one. Yeah, well, it, what, what's neat is what's different from what they had at PAX was they actually brought their digital guy, and he actually sat at monitors and actually digitally sculpted stuff while people were wandering around, poking their nose in the, in the booth. And that is pretty cool yeah. to actually see them working on models and stuff. So I, I think they did that at Gen Con as well because I remember seeing them working on Makora and – some of her core Coroli uh, sculpts, so and that was pretty cool. The last date I have for appearance by them is the Tabletop Gaming Live. That one is September 29th in London, and that is actually the last announced date that we have that they're going to be appearing at, besides, like you said, some more Trailblazer Tour stuff. Yeah, go check them out. Get in a demo and just stop by say hi you can get some tidbits they're as brian said they may release some little breaking news or you know maybe stuff that's in the pipeline that may be you know an important announcement what you know their games so all right next in the news uh something that we want to talk about is stewart is pretty notorious for giving uh the community teasers whether it's through a a random picture he's posted online, or uh, I think he's mentioned things in some of their live streams that they've had, were some of the like new posses that are in the, the works that should be coming out soon, or that they're just in development. We've seen 3D renders of some of these on their Facebook page. So I just wanted to kind of run down some of the, the names of these. The first two, the, the Deadly 7 and the Wayward 8. Now these ones are probably going to be released soonest out of this list. Uh, we've seen production models of these at some of the past shows. These, uh, I think just the last one was Adepticon. They had them there, and I believe they had them at Gen Con in the fall. So those should be around the corner up for pre-order soon. 
Uh, keep right. our eye open for those on the website. Uh, they I know that, look cool. Oh, yeah, they look amazing. Uh, what the coolest thing is is they actually got some of the actual production sprues shipped over a couple of months ago, and they gave one of the sprues over to Battlehammer. Okay. And you can actually watch one of their videos where they do an unboxing on those models. So you actually get to see those plastics. The, you know, those plastics look pretty good. I if you watch their video, you'll see them, you know, going over the models. And then I believe they even have a game that they've filmed, one of their battle games that they film actually using those models. So if you're interested, check out Battle Hammer. They, they have some pretty, pretty cool stuff if you want to check it out. Yeah, they've been covering uh, a lot of their videos lately have been covering Wild West Exodus. So they've been they've been showing the game a lot of love. Right. Well, some of the other ones they got, I'll run through a couple Am I gonna let's see if I can butcher this one? Wakasani Dark Nation. <laughs> Did I say it right yeah. or I butcher it? Um, so, yeah, it's close enough. Close enough. So <laughs> she's gonna be finally getting a theme posse with the Dark Nation with all her creatures uh, that are locked in their, you know, shape shifting form and they got all the bionics on. I I just love the grizzly bear and that army. So cool. Oh yeah, okay. So her posse in particular has it, it is mostly all new models. And one of the coolest parts of the model is it gives us a female tree walker, a female skinwalker, and one of the wickedest, coolest looking spirit animals that they've they've showed us to date. And it is a spider spirit walker. And she is twisted backwards. It looks like something out of a horror movie. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. So she walks on her eight limbs, but she does so, like, you remember when we were in school and we'd have to do, like, the crab oh, soccer yeah. where we have to, our bellies are facing the sky and you use your arms and legs? That's how she moves. And so her belly is facing up and she's her head is backwards over her body. Yeah, it's like upside it, down yeah. staring at you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just so cool. And, you know, and that is wicked. And then they have this winged guy who's in there it's spirit energy for wings okay so he he reminds me of kind of like um iron hawk the flamethrower uh in the um warrior nation but he's got spirit wings so uh it's a new guy but he's wicked cool yeah yeah Uh, well one that i'm getting excited for is um i'm getting a new posse for the enlightened centered around the countess byron that one yeah. is called the Countess Byron's Galvet, Galvanic Mysteries. And in that one, we are going to be seeing some favorites, Creation 5, but we're also getting some new creations. They have a Creation 10, we have Creation 13, and then also they have Mantis in there, and uh, of course the Countess herself. I just like the creations. I like the what they do with them. You know, it's like what monstrosity could they come up with now with attaching guns and some kind of blades to them. And so I'm kind yeah. of excited for that one. Right. And so I have not picked up the Countess yet. So I'm actually kind of eager because now I, I will not buy her and wait. And so I'll buy that set. That way I won't, you know, have an extra. But it'll be neat to, to pick up those new like you said, those new uh, creations are going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they do look pretty neat. And I, the poses are getting really good on them. You know, they're very dynamic poses. Right. 
Okay, so I just saw another picture. Well, we had just talked about, you know, Wakasensi's Dark Nation posse. But there's a new Dark Nation model that doesn't – it's too big to actually put in a posse box. And that is Vorket. Do you remember this model? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing looks like something out of um, – he looks like an ogre. You know, that's what he reminds me is oh, the yeah. old okay. ogre kingdom. This, this, poor, this poor warrior nation guy, he is – his spirit animal is the mole rat. <laughs> but he kind of spends too much time at the buffet, and he's enormous. So he's not a little mole rat. He is a huge mole rat. So he looks like, size-wise, he's going to come in as as big as probably Dr. Bytel. But he's going to be big around as he is tall. And he's literally munching on some poor hired hand <laughs> you know <laughs> and he's just just gross i i mean that that's the one of the neat parts about the hex is these monstrous models really give the those really uh, i guess the great painters so much color they can jump in there because it's just gobs of details that you can just explore with paint and colors and a mole rat with the pink flesh yeah and all yeah. the sickly sickly colors of purples and those weird greens oh it's gonna be awesome yeah I, I can't wait to see what some of the community members do with him oh yeah i can't wait to see daz paint that one yeah you know the way yeah. he does his uh his washes and stuff yeah so i think that'll turn out awesome so one of the other ones that we haven't talked about is they finally released a 3D group shot of Abe Lincoln's Secret Service posse. Now, that posse is going to have some of the favorites we've already we already have grown to like and have seen on the table. Um, it actually is made up of a lot of models. I actually won second place in a Wobble Assessive paint contest. Uh, you got Abe Lincoln. You got the Pinkerton. Then you have Henry Cartwright and Lucinda uh, Loveless, but we get it was a sketch and a picture that we saw many years ago uh, at a Gen Con, and it's uh, his name's Milo, and he is the Pinkerton Secret Service agent with the rocket launcher, and he, I mean, I've been waiting for that guy. He is just wicked cool. So it'll be neat to see this set come out because we'll get a new new Secret Service agent to go along with that. And uh, it also rounds out the posse with Blanche, uh, who's one of the ladies of the West from the second Kickstarter. And she's she's an undercover agent with Secret Service as well. So that posse said, I don't know when it's coming out. Some of the models are getting new sculpts. And then we get Milo finally. So that'll be awesome. Yeah. And then... We have a couple for that are going to be for lawmen. So we have Wild Bill's Ranger Showboat Posse, and then we have something that I know you want to talk about: Helena's well, okay. Infernal so Investigations. Skip. Yeah, okay. Well, we can't skip Wild Bill's Ranger All Showboat right. without right. talking you... about the new model that he gets to bring to bear. So you can't talk about Wild Bill without some other famous person, right? No. Oh no, Do you, you remember? Can't. Oh yeah, his his calamity Jane, his girlfriend, calamity Jane. <laughs> we have been waiting for. I don't know how many times we've seen someone post to the forum or Facebook saying, "When are we going to get calamity Jane? When are we going to get calamity Jane?" Well, okay. So later this year, Wild Bill Ranger Showboat Posse will come with calamity Jane, and dude, she is shaking a finger at somebody, waiting. Says, "No, no, 
don't bo- don't bother me until I finish my whiskey. And she is <laughs> chugging a bottle of whiskey. And that, don't tell me that's not a lot of character in that that pose. It's just really cool. Rounding out that posse will be Grace Myrtle, Copley Sisters, and uh, Nate Berenger. He was, if you don't know, he was the first community model Outlaw Miniatures did. And uh, he's he's basically a veteran ranger, so he's he's a pretty cool model. And looks like some of these models are getting some tweaks yeah. to their details. So, some of them look uh, that'll be interesting to see. Just little minor like tweaks to you know detail, and maybe a little bit they're they're moving the position of them a little bit. Right, probably correcting some kind of uh, detail issues. Um, I know both my Grace Myrtle and Wild Bill, the original poses, I, or the real Jamal's I had, they had a couple of little spots where the details um, didn't come out too well. Uh, luckily, I, I can green stuff some issues like that. So yeah. they turned out fine when I finished painting them. Unfortunately, every model in that, that posse set I've already built and painted and are on the board ready to go, except for Calamity Jane. So yeah. I'll be guess repainting some of those <laughs> <laughs> well you could try a different paint scheme so they all go together you know kind of right. thematic so, uh so yeah and then you teased the uh another lawman i teased another that, one and i i'm wow. this is all you this is all you I'm i cannot wait for this <laughs> to I your tell, horn. I cannot, it, now okay so helena miller infernal investigations posse now drum roll i have had some kind of insider info on this for quite a while and so me and Stuart started talking about what I was thinking and the infernal investigations idea spawned from that and I'm not taking credit for it because I, we were just pitching back back and forth ideas I mentioned internal affairs which is an actual cop thing you know where it's something that police departments call their their the units that police police yeah so from that idea, War Cradle came up with infernal investigations. So these guys are the lawmen that investigate not only the lawmen, but they also are in charge of investigating the weird West. So all the strange enlightened creatures, the the weird hex crazy stuff going on, anything weird outside of the norm, they call in Helena Miller and her team. So basically anything I like to play. <laughs> yeah. So this posse would definitely come after anything you're hitting on. Right? <laughs> and we're definitely going to, I'm going to definitely bring them to the board when we get to play again. So, <laughs> uh, so this posse is awesome. It has some really neat features. Uh, most people who see this, this lineup, they trigger on 2020. And he is a, Black Hoof from the Union Army during Civil War. So that's when they first came out with a lot of the super technology. And the Black Hoofs were one of these advanced units that they were using during the Civil War. And most of the Black Horses did not last, you know, because obviously the, you know, the Civil War was against the Union and the Confederates. The Confederates were using new technologies as well. And the Union outpaced the Black Hoofs and went to the Iron Horses and the Locusts. So what uh, I say Locusts, they're now called Iron Eagles. So they advanced into new technology, so the Black Hoofs kind of fell back. Well, so what happened was 2020, he was still serviceable, so they kind of transferred him over to the lawmen, just like all the Iron uh, the UR 30s. So he kind of like just was passed on, and 2020 kept in service. 
he kept getting upgrades and upgrades. Well, his basic programming soon became more than just basic. It became more sentient. So he is an active member of this posse now because of how he's been in service so long. He has become more and more his own personality. And one of the people he kind of teams up with the most often is Jedrick Powell. So Jedrick Powell is is the model that I helped design. He's designed around stun batons and pistols. Can't wait. They even put him in a, a hooded duster. He's 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 cool. I just can't wait for that. And then the rest of the models are all girls. So if you're out there and you always wanted a full female posse, you're going to be able to field Helena Miller and three other females in this posse, and you get a horse and a and a Jedi. So hey. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can't tell you're not excited <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. i can't wait so i've even put a posse together and you just start pro- proxying some models just so i can try them out you know so they have these uh, they have these the uh, the cards in the last update with the uh yes uh, the car- okay as a note the yeah the last update the the latest one that you know was out right. there with the faq and errata is 1.07 so as Brian's saying, you can get the stat cards for these characters, a lot of these these newer posses that are being teased and stuff, and you can kind of play around with posse building and just proxy them in and try them. So that's what you're doing already, huh? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't help it. I saw them and I was like, I'm already, I've already printed them off. I've already put them together, you know, know how many points it takes to get all of them on the table. Yep, it's a twelve over 1,200 points uh, to bring them all. Just for that posse, wow. Just for that posse. That's a good size. Oh, yeah. But they are supposed to be the elite of the elite, so... Right, yeah. So, uh, it's neat. One of the team members is a sniper, so uh, definitely going to be fun, you know, to feel that unit, see how it's going to work. Oh, cool, cool. Well, I think that we kind of covered all the the little teaser posses coming out. Um, So, let's see, let's move on to something else that's kind of newer that you may want to go out on the website and, and look for is... They have some new product for scenery. So not that long ago, War Cradle released a series, a series one of buildings that are MDF, your basic MDF buildings that uh, actually come pre-primed too to save you a little bit of time, uh, built around their Red Oak two-player starter. So the ones that they had come out were like a Red Oak metalsmith, a residence. They had a building called a Cartwright, which is basically your iron horse uh, garage. They had a jail and then a post office slash doctor office that came out. And they are just they just released a wave two that has a distillery, a prospector shack. And then there's a set that you can get that's like has scatter terrain in it. That's crates, fences, and barrels. So this this new wave is basically to build on to your you know their established red oak town that they had come out in the two player starter set. Um, and I've I've gotten two of the buildings. I'm actually working on the jail right now. I don't have any of the new ones yet, but I really do want to get the new buildings. Look very different from your basic wild west building. You know the they're kind of getting more towards the the outskirts of town with the the, the distillery where you can make your moonshine and the prospector shack. Uh, they look really oh, well, cool. Yeah, the the coolest part about the distillery is it would fit right in the middle of town. The way it's designed, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it looks like it's 
full-blown, hey, this is your Shinerbach in the middle of town. It, it doesn't look like it's the Prospector Shack, but the coolest part about the Prospector Shack is it comes with a wagon. Oh, that's right. A wagon. And it an outhouse. It is wicked cool. And an outhouse. I don't know why I like the outhouse, but I just find it funny with an outhouse. <laughs> yeah, I, that was like one of the first pieces of terrain that I, I scratch build was uh, an outhouse. Um, the, the only downside is I glued the door on. I didn't make uh, it movable like all my other doors and all yeah. my other terrain that I built. Uh, you know, so it, it, people see, you know, one of my other buildings that I've built uh, and they're like, dude, why didn't you make the door open on the on the you know, the outhouse. I was like, oh, dude, guy needs privacy, man. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, man, just like outlaw Josie Wells, you got to put someone in there. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the but, wagon okay, so, is the wagon is kind of cool though to get. I mean, there's, oh, yeah. I, I, you know, it ain't gonna take long for somebody to put some horses on that or some black hoofs oh, on yeah. that. Oh, heck yeah. We've already had many of discussions on Facebook about, oh, put a couple of iron horses attached or, uh, although that would probably not good for anyone riding in the back. <laughs> they hang seatbelts. <laughs> Definitely some black hoofs, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to be it. That's a cool set. That is definitely All a right, cool so set. Now that I have a local store that is stocking this stuff, you know, uh, Brian over at uh, Space Cadets uh, Gaming, he has uh, already put in an order for me. I'm picking up four of those original five. Okay. Uh, I didn't get the residence because um, I have some terrain that I've already built. So I'm going to basically grab all these other ones that are iconic instead of, a you know, like a resident. I'm, I'm not going to need that one. Uh, I may eventually get it, but I wanted to start with the, you know, the true – uh, icons that I can plug in to sit alongside my my stuff, uh, yeah. but I, I will probably ask to get the uh, the red oak crates and stuff, the prospector shack and distillery. You know, May's coming up and that's my birth month, so I'm probably going to grab those then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm slowly getting them too. I I mean, I, it takes me forever to get them, and try, I'm still trying to figure out how to paint buildings myself. And it's so it's a work in progress, but they they're just beautiful. They're hard to resist getting to put on the table. Right. So the other thing that they just rolled out is the angry mob, which is one of the strategic units. So it joins the two civilian sets. Now you can field the mob, right? So that that's another strategic unit. I haven't uh, entertained any of these yet or tried to, to see how they interact. But I do, I remember watching a Battlehammer uh, game and they used both the civilians and the angry mob in their game. So it was, it was pretty interesting. Uh, also new are new war cradle base toppers the coolest is you now have a, a medium oval base topper set so if you want to use some pretty cool looking i, I guess the, i don't even know if they're resin or plastic i i'm not sure but some base toppers for the oval bases they they have another one for your large base and it has a large uh, base topper but it also has some scattered terrain you could always that use more of that it's like it looks like they're small enough to where you can actually put them on bases uh, which is really cool. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And the the toppers themselves look like uh, wood planks. So kind of that, that boardwalk town look, which these would be perfect for, I think, for lawmen. Any lawmen right. figures, you know, that they're in, they're in town protecting the town from anybody, the ruffians trying to come into town. 
Right. So they look like they're similar to the original town bases that we've all had access to. They look like they've been tweaked a little bit, and some of them look really cool. Like there's one that has planks, but there's a gap in the planks, and then you see the cracked earth underneath the planks. So, and there's like a skeleton sitting there. But yeah, um, cool. I, really, I really, I really like that one because <laughs> you know anything that adds something that you know some of us like myself like to paint all the details anything where i can get in and and, and it just focuses your draws your eye to something like that uh, it's really kind of cool uh since we're all can't be be james wapple uh base creators uh, <laughs> oh my uh, god kind of helps. <laughs> but yeah so there's some great things uh that are now available uh man just who, who thought that we just get so much stuff that's just rolling out now yeah one has been off one of the other cool things that I think is neat that uh, they have on their website is it, it's under the blog section. There's a lot of fluff fiction that they are releasing you know, around certain models in the world of Wild West Exodus. And just recently, Sarah Cockwell put up a new one. She's, been, she's done a few. It's a new fiction that she has on the blog called Apology, and that's all centered around her beloved Doc Holliday, which if anybody has seen Sarah's post on Facebook or, you know, she she is goofy gaga for Doc Holliday. <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm actually I surprised she... this is her first fiction that she's written that it's it's centered on Doc. Right. So she, she's had a story where that she's used him a little, but I, I really like to see all her new stuff. And this is another really good read. You know, just makes me want to dive into, uh, you know, the rule book, uh, the Dark Council rule book that we all got sent out. Yeah. And I, I to jump in and reread those uh, those little nuggets that they inserted in there for the Dark Council special book, because there's all these little fluff, bu- uh, fluff articles or fluff stories. Sarah's written some of them. There's a few other people that, that wrote these and that, they, they, you know, they're not in the regular rule book. But they added them in there for the Dark Council special one. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Go ahead and check those out, guys. That's pretty much all we got for the, the news segment this episode. Uh, but all the stuff that we, we listed, go ahead and make sure you check it out. Because there's, there's a lot of stuff out there that's in the world of Wild West Exodus. And keep an eye open for any of that new stuff we are talking about that they tease. They always have something pop up that you can pre-order it to make sure that you get a a copy of the set or even the models. Right. So, yeah, join me and Eric crossing fingers that for salute, they roll out the Infernal Investigation Posse. Oh, yes. Uh, I think it's a long shot. I don't think he's ready yet. I think that posse is probably going to be towards the end of the summer. But, hey, maybe, who knows? They have they have teased that they're supposed to release some kind of big news. So we'll see what it is, and we'll probably talk about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, I think that's going to about do it for episode one. I think we babbled long enough. Thanks for listening and putting up with us going on and on and gushing about Wild West Exodus. All three of us really can't get enough of the game and love the whole world that is Wild West Exodus. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed your time at the saloon. We tried to make the segments informational but yet still fun to listen to. Um, We still have plenty more ideas that... All three of us want to try out with the show. We're just slowly trying to figure out the technical part of making a podcast. So 
please stay tuned. We'll probably have some more content for you as we get a little bit better at it. With that, I guess we can say our goodbyes till next time. And while you're out there in the Wild West, treasure hunting, looking for some loot, or if your posse is trying to gun down some little green men invading your town, until next time, this is Eric for both Brian and Tom saying, take it easy. And while you're out there, always ride with the sun at your back and roll those crits. Thanks for stopping by the Black Hoof Saloon, y'all. We hope you enjoyed your visit. Feel free to get a hold of us with comments or questions via the interweb and shoot us a telegraph at blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com or find us on the Facebook at blackhoofwwx podcast. Music provided for use by Ross Bugden and can be found at one of his YouTube channels, Ross Bugden Music or Ross Bugden Composer. Until your next visit, Ride with the sun at your back, and always roll those crits. So there was our opener. Let me. All right. So all that right, all right. was. Yeah, all right. <laughs> You're not in a Lincoln, are you? <laughs> I am. I'm slowly rubbing my fingers together for no reason. <laughs> we'll play a really cool song. Do, 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 We need a piano player. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a, a question I was going to ask you guys if we redo the uh, intro, is uh, our little tropes. Uh, okay, who wants to be the bartender? Who wants to be the piano player? What's the other trope you find in saloons? Hose. <laughs> well, I was going to say the man. Hey, if you want to volunteer, Tom, you can be the host. <laughs> <laughs> hey, someone's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs>